It's time for overtime. Now that's a tourist attraction. In the world of sports, it's all about the playmakers in today's headlines, from locals to the pros. Toughest son of a gun you ever met, man. That Texas gunslinger ain't gonna let nothing get in the way. With interviews from local standouts and sports all-stars across the country that will have you talking. Hear from coaches to players, sports analysts, and broadcasters who are a part of the action every day. Overtime, now with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports leader. Still on Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson watch as everyone in the sports world has their eyes glued to the TV, ears on the radio, and much, much more as these NFL quarterback situations continue to unfold. No trade as of yet between the New York Jets and veteran quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Although there was a cheesehead burning last night with Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, and Sauce Gardner looking to summon Aaron Rodgers to the Big Apple. I'm Burt Ramin, your host of Overtime. Welcome into the Friday edition of the show. And a little bit of tough news, but nothing too heartbreaking. We are off next week. I've got some much-deserved and uh, highly anticipated PTO that I'll be taking next week. So we will be back with you the following Monday as uh, we're excited to talk all things sports, we'll be recapping the first round of the NCAA tournament by then, talking NFL free agency, and so much more. So this will be our last show for just over a week. We'll be back on the 20th and excited to pick up where we leave off today. Today on the show, get you the latest college basketball coaching news and tournament updates. Several coaches are out of jobs, either willingly or we're relieved of their duties. USF head coach men or men's basketball head coach Chris Johnson will join us around 1130 and we will get you the latest on several concerning NBA injuries and their updates. One of which for a star player deemed not too big of a deal and another one will keep a star player out for some time. We'll tell you more about that later this hour at 12 on Fridays. We do the high noon showdown. It's caller against caller, listener against listener. And we will have that for you right at noon here on this Friday, March 10th edition of the show. We'll also unveil the Friday Parlay live around 12.15, hit you with your headlines. And then we'll talk NFL draft and college football with Joe DeLeon of the Believe Network, college football and NFL draft analyst. And we'll round out today's show with a giveaway and a preview of the Sioux Empire Sportsman Show, pro fisherman Ted Takasaki. We'll join the program to preview all the great events at the Sportsman Show that got going yesterday here in the Sioux Empire, and we'll go all the way through Sunday. Your scorecard from yesterday, we will start locally and work our way out. The Class AA, Single A, and B girls basketball tournaments got underway yesterday. We'll get you all the finals and all the matchups for today. It's day number two of those respective tournaments. Sioux Falls, Washington kicked it off with a win over Watertown, doubling up uh, 48-24 to as Washington will move on to face Jefferson. Jefferson got a win in the 4-5 matchup over Mitchell, 50-34. to The other semifinal will be Pierre T.F. Riggs and Harrisburg. T.F. Riggs got the win over Rapid City Stevens, 42-34. Harrisburg winners over Orgorman, 53-41. So the time for the games today in Class AA from the Pentagon, Washington and Jefferson, 5 o'clock start time, 7.45, the later start for Pierre T.F. Riggs and Harrisburg. In class single A, Hamlin got a win over Flandreau, 42-32, and it was Red Cloud over Lakota Tech, 76-55. to 
In the 2-7 matchup, Wagner gets a win, 67-47, convincingly over Rapid City Christian, and Sisseton with the seed upset over Sioux Falls Christian, 58-47. So your semifinal matchups from Watertown today, Hamlin and Red Cloud at 6 o'clock, and Wagner and Sisseton doing battle at 7:45. Down to the B's now. We'll see Westington took care of business against Jones County, 53-42. Wall with a seat upset over Sully Buttes, 58-50. Ethan got all they could handle from Castlewood, but move on with a 55-53 win. And Viberg Hurley defeats Howard in the 3-6 matchup, 64-46. So your Class B semis. We'll see Westington and Wall at six o'clock tonight from Huron. And Ethan and Viberg Hurley at 7.45. That's your latest update on the Girls State Basketball Tournament brackets. Now let's dive headfirst into some bigger national scores. NBA Finals, Utah 131, Orlando 124 from Florida. Memphis, a home victory over Golden State 131-110. And Milwaukee defends their home court as well, 118-113 over Brooklyn. Tonight in the NBA, Timberwolves are in action. They tip it off at 7 o'clock at home to Brooklyn. Blazers at 76ers at 6. Nuggets at Spurs at 7. And the Raptors visit the Lakers at 9.30. NHL scores from yesterday. Carolina got a uh, victory over Philadelphia, 1-0. Edmonton wins on the road over Boston, 3-2. St. Louis gets a win on their home ice over San Jose, 4-2. Kings win in Denver over the Abs 5-2. And how about this? The Stars hang 10 over Buffalo in Buffalo, 10-4 over the Sabres. Tonight in the NHL, Blackhawks at Panthers at 6 o'clock, Ducks at Flames at 8. Just a couple games to highlight tonight's action. Men's basketball finals from yesterday concerning area teams. Iowa State got a big win over ranked Baylor 78-72. That was in the Big 12 quarterfinals. And now the Cyclones in the semis for the Big 12 tournament. We'll have all the brackets from the Power 5 conferences later in the show where they currently stand and games going on today. Other area teams in action. Creighton got a big win over Villanova, 87-74 in the Big East quarters. Ohio State upsets Iowa in the second round of the Big 10 tournament, 73-69. And Minnesota falls to Maryland, 70-54, also in the second round of the Big 10 tournament. Take a look at the updated brackets later on in the show, but now a look at the world of golf. The Players' Championship going on now at TPC Sawgrass in Florida. No Tiger Woods this weekend. Here's a quote from an article at USA Today. He said, here's the deal. Like I told you guys last year, I'm not going to play any more than probably the majors and maybe a couple more. That's it. That's all my body will allow me to do. My back the way it is, all the surgeries I had on my back, my leg the way it is, I just can't. That's going to be my future. Really tough quote there for Tiger Woods, but I know when he does play, so many eyeballs and ears are drawn uh, to the TV, to the radio for that golf coverage. He drives the sport, drives the revenue, and is the face of the PGA Tour. Update on the leaderboard right now. Ben Griffin tied for first right now with Chad Ramey, Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, Wyndham Clark, your top five. Other uh, big-name golfers near the top of the list. Scotty Scheffler at four under. Ben Griffin and Ramey currently top with eight under. Morikawa seven, Hovland five, and Clark five. So you got uh, Scheffler sitting at four under. Jason Day at three under. And uh, other big-name golfers, Cameron Young at two under. Gary Woodland at one under. And Jordan Spieth currently two over today and one under for the tournament. 
Now on to the big news, and this concerns the Minnesota Vikings. It seemed like it was a foregone conclusion earlier in the week. We had Dustin Baker on yesterday. He seemed to agree, but it's official, fans. The Minnesota Vikings will release wide receiver Adam Thielen today, according to a source concluding a storied tenure for the native Minnesotan that captured the hearts of fans throughout the region. A native of Detroit Lakes, Minnesota, who played collegiately at Minnesota State Mankato, Thielen signed with the team in 2013 after serving as a tryout player at rookie minicamp. By the end of the 2022 season, he had more career catches than any player in team history other than Chris Carter and Randy Moss, both of whom are members of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. But as he approached his 33rd birthday, Thielen began to lose ground to younger players in the Vikings offense. Over the final five games of last season, he ranked fourth in targets behind Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson, and K.J. Osborne, the dynamic along with a contract that imposed a nearly $20 million salary cap number for the upcoming season led to the decision. Vikings spoke to him this offseason about a potential contract restructure that would include a pay cut, and it was clear that Thielen would have had a diminished role in the offense moving forward. Thielen told ESPN last month that he hoped to retire a Viking, but he added, I also want my opportunity to show that I can play at a high level. Two-time Pro Bowler, 70 catches for 716 yards and six scores last season. And you're hearing this from a resident Packers fan here. Thielen will be missed in the division and in Minnesota. You know, going against the guy, he's one of those guys that you don't like because he grinds out catches, grinds out extra yards, continues to block hard despite being up in age. And he's one of those guys that you absolutely respect as somebody that roots against the Vikings and in the matchups, Packers and Vikings, Thielen has been very impactful, but he'll be missed in the division, and he might still end up with the Vikings or in the division. Could be a restructure, could be something that we saw with A.J. Hawk of the Packers not too long ago where they cut him, test the waters in free agency, and he might come back. I don't want to get your hopes up, Vikings fans, but it is a possibility. It's a possibility he could end up in Chicago, wide receiver, needy team, maybe Green Bay if Alan Lazard doesn't come back. But there's plenty of options out there, and Thielen has said he would like to land with a contender. Also, Vikings news, the Minnesota Vikings are currently working on getting under the salary cap with about $15 million more dollars to go. One of the players that has been discussed as a cut is edge rusher Zadarius Smith. In what looks like a sign that he is likely to be released, Smith tweeted out a thank you to Skull Nation and the entire Minnesota Vikings organization yesterday afternoon. This would come as no surprise as Smith's Effectiveness in the second half of the year was minimized significantly due to a knee injury. But according to Smith and articles published yesterday, Smith is requesting a release and it might not be granted by the Minnesota Vikings as Ian Rappaport of NFL Network says that the team has no intention to do so, end quote, with Friday seemingly a big day for the Vikings to get under the salary cap. This will be a story to follow as it appears Smith might be done with the Vikings before the Vikings are done with him. We'll continue now with your Relia Bank headlines of the day. For all of your banking needs, explore a local option at reliabank.com. Augustana's Aislinn Duffy has been named to the D2 CCA All-Central Region First Team. Duffy receives the honor after being named the NSIC South Division Player of the Year and helping the team to their 15th NCAA Tournament appearance. Speaking of that appearance, the 24th-ranked Augustana women's basketball team is in Duluth today to face third-seeded Missouri Southern in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. The game set for a noon tip-off. Complete action can be followed at goaugie.com slash live. You can also listen 
to live coverage over on 100.1 FM KXRB. Augie's in the NCAA tournament for the first time since 2018 when the Vikings hosted a regional in Sioux Falls and the Vikings advanced to the Sweet 16 that year. Overall, Augie's record at the NCAA tournament all-time, 12-14. and 14. News on the basketball court for USF as well as USF women's basketball assistant coach Caitlin Hodgins, who also just finished her first season with the team, was promoted to associate head women's basketball coach. The program announced earlier on today. Hodgins was named an assistant coach of the Cougar women's basketball team in June of last year. This past season, she helped produce four CSC academic all-district team members, 12 NSIC all-academic team honorees, and six NSIC all-academic team of excellence members prior to Sioux Falls. Hodgins spent two years at Concordia University in Seward, Nebraska, also played college basketball for Northern Oklahoma College, where she was named to the Region 2 All-Conference team, as well to the NJCAA All-Academic First Team. For all things USF women's basketball, be sure to follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find that story at usfcougars.com. More on Sioux Falls. University of Sioux Falls baseball team, they fell to Florida Tech 13-9. The game was played in Melbourne, Florida at Seminick Hall Field. And up next for Cougar baseball, they'll be back in action Saturday, March 11th in Auburndale, Florida. The Cougar will take on Seton Hill of Pennsylvania at 8.15 a.m. Central Time. Got to be up early for that one. And again, usfcougars.com for further details. Last but most certainly not least, as we wrap up your hour number one edition of your Reliabank headlines of the day, just a couple more stories to get to here. First and foremost, how about those Jackrabbits? The 2023 Summit League Tournament champion South Dakota State women's basketball team will host an NCAA tournament selection show watch party. That's Sunday at 7 p.m. at Cubby Sports Bar and Grill in Brookings. The public is invited to join the Jacks as they await their seating in the tournament. ESPN We'll reveal the pairings for the 68-team field in a one-hour selection show at 7 p.m. Extended coverage will continue on ESPNU starting at 8. Jackrabbits making their 11th NCAA tournament appearance following a 28-5 season, and they saw a perfect 21-0 run through the Summit League regular season and championship tournament. State has won a program record 21 straight games. Rounding out your Reliabank headlines of the day with this troubling news for the Minnesota Wild. All-star left wing Kirill Kaprizov is expected to miss the next three to four weeks with a lower body injury. The Wild announced this yesterday. Kaprizov was hurt in the game on Wednesday at Winnipeg when a six foot seven Jets defenseman collided with him as he protected the puck and Stanley, the Logan Stanley, delivered a check. In his third year with the Wild, Kaprizov has played in 214 of a possible 216 games, including the playoffs, but this injury will likely cost him most of the remainder of the regular season. The Wild have 17 games left. Their win at Winnipeg moved them into first place tie with Dallas for the Central Division lead, with the Stars having played one fewer game. Kaprizov leads the team with 39 goals, and the Wild playing some really good hockey lately. They're 9-0-2 in their past 11 as they will play next at San Jose on Saturday night. That'll wrap up your hour number one edition of your Eliabank headlines of the day. Still plenty of news to share, including a marquee head coach in college basketball no longer with his team. A couple other movers and shakers from the college basketball world coming up next, as we'll share with you that and the update on the Big Ten, Big 12, ACC, 
SEC, and Pac-12 tournament brackets on the men's side. We'll tell you who's playing now and who's playing next and the remainder of the brackets for those Power 5 conferences coming up next on Overtime. That's ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. I'm Corey Provis, and this now overtime with Burt Ramin on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Right back with you on the Friday edition of Overtime. A reminder, we'll have the Friday Parlay live later in the show, so stay tuned. Get your entries in. We got plenty of great prizes to give away for the parlay each and every week, including your choice of a gift certificate to either Pausabilities or high-end glass and tobacco. There are title sponsors of the Parlay, one of the best uh, bets in our area for great prizes. You can play that online at ESPN Sioux Falls. Track me down on Twitter at Bert ESPN. Still to come this hour, USF head men's basketball coach Chris Johnson will join us to recap the season, talk a little ball and what they're up to. Movers and shakers this offseason, some players lost to graduation, and new faces within the program. We'll get you the latest NBA injury updates and an update on a NFL free agent that is hosting a showcase of his talents today, looking to get back into the league and looking to make an impact at the wide receiver position. At noon, we will have the High Noon Showdown, always Fridays at noon, where you'll get a chance to win a Tap House 41 gift card, a haircut gift certificate to the Man Salon, and much, much more. We pit listener against listener on Fridays at noon with the High Noon Showdown brought to you by Tap House 41. Hit you with the headlines and unveil that Friday parlay live around 12.15, and then we'll check in with the Believe Network's college football and NFL draft analyst, that's Joe DeLeon. We'll break down the NFL Combine, some winners and losers from the Underwear Olympics, if you will, and also look to get an update on Tucker Craft, the uh, South Dakota State Outstanding standout tight end, looking to be a draft pick, maybe in the second day, maybe third day. We'll see where Joe has him on his rankings, if he thinks it's too high or too low, the things we've been hearing about Kraft's status and where he ranks among the draftable tight ends this year. And last but most certainly not least, we will have your opportunity to win tickets to the 56th Annual 2023 Sioux Empire Sportsman Show that started last night. We'll run through Sunday Pro fisherman Ted Takasaki will stop by the show. He's one of our all-time favorite guests, and that's how we'll round out the week and uh, the day of the show. I mentioned earlier on I will be out next week with some much-needed PTO, but we'll be back with you on March 20th on a Monday to recap the NFL news as we will be in free agency mode at that time. And we'll also be underway with the NCAA tournament for men's and women's basketball. We promised an update on several coaching situations from around college basketball. Uh, Coaches getting let go, relieved of their duties. And we'll also get you updated on the Big Ten, Big 12, and other Power 5 basketball tournaments right now. Texas Tech head coach Mark Adams has stepped down from his position. The school announced this earlier this week, days after he was suspended for using what the school called an inappropriate, unacceptable, and racially insensitive comment. Adams didn't coach the Red Raiders in their Big 12 tournament loss to West Virginia on Wednesday with assistant coach Corey Williams handling interim head coach duties. Here's Adams in the statement. My my lifelong goal 
was to help and be a positive influence on my players and to be a part of the Texas Tech men's basketball team. However, both the university and I believe this incident has become a distraction for the Texas Tech men's basketball team and the university, which I care about so deeply. Texas Tech's conference tournament loss dropped the Red Raiders to 16-16 and on the year, 5-13 and in conference play, as again, Tech head coach Mark Adams stepping down from the program. Well, one head coach that lost his job earlier this year might be on the radar moving forward. Former Texas coach Chris Beard has emerged as the leading candidate for the men's basketball job at Ole Miss, sources told ESPN the news on Wednesday. The sides have been in recent contact, and Ole Miss officials are in the process of doing their due diligence on Beard. Of course, he was fired by the Longhorns in January following a December arrest. His fiance Randy True, called 911 and told officers that he choked her from behind, bit her, and hit her when the two got in an argument. True then released a statement later in December in which she denied telling the police that Beard had choked her and said initiated a physical struggle with Beard. On February 15th, charges were dropped after Travis County District Attorney Jose Garza reviewed the evidence and took into account True's wishes not to prosecute the coach. Garza's office determined the charge could not be proved beyond a reasonable doubt. As Chris Beard uh, looking to get back in the coaching scene, last at Texas, and could be the next coach of the Ole Miss Rebels program. Most recently, among major head coaching news in college basketball, it simply did not work out at Georgetown for Patrick Ewing. He will not return as the men's basketball coach of the Hoyas next year. The school announced this Last night, Ewing, one of the greatest college basketball players of all time, while at Georgetown, had been the head coach of his alma mater for six years and finished with a record of 75-109. and 109. The Hoyas lost a Big East record 29 consecutive conference games that began during the 2021 regular season and ended in January. Georgetown's season ended Wednesday night with an 80-48 to loss to Villanova in the first round of the Big East tournament. Over the last two years, Georgetown was 2-37 and 37 in the Big East. And here's what Ewing said in his statement. I'm very proud to be a graduate of Georgetown, and I'm very grateful to President DeGoya for giving me the opportunity to achieve my ambition to be a head basketball coach. It's particularly meaningful to me to be in charge of the basketball program at my alma mater. I wish the program nothing but success. I will always be a Hoya. Classy way to go out for Patrick Ewing, and it's simply... Did not work out there for the Hoyas and possibly their most famous alum as Ewing will move on to bigger and better things, but simply did not uh, jive with the program there as far as uh, on-court success. And again, very tough in conference, especially uh, for the Georgetown Hoyas of late. We'll see if they can get that historic program pointed back in the right direction. Let's take a look at the Big Ten bracket Finals from yesterday was Rutgers over Michigan. Ohio State, the 13 seed, on quite a run. Back-to-back seed upsets over Wisconsin, and they beat Iowa last night. It was Penn State with a seed upset over Illinois and Maryland over Minnesota. So here are the games today as we are now in the quarterfinals. Rutgers and Purdue is underway. Ohio State-Michigan State will get going 25 minutes after the conclusion of the Scarlet Knight-Boilermaker matchup. And then tonight at 5.30, Penn State and Northwestern. And then 25 minutes after the conclusion of that game, it'll be Maryland and Indiana. So we're on to this double-bye round. First action for Purdue, Michigan State, Northwestern, and Indiana. And again, the four games today for the Big Ten. Rutgers-Purdue, Ohio State-Michigan State, Penn State-Northwestern, and Maryland against Indiana. 
Now on to the Big 12 tournament. Finals from yesterday, the quarterfinals. Iowa State got the seed upset over Baylor, 78-72. Kansas took care of business over West Virginia, 78-61. Texas over OK State, 60-47. And TCU with a big-time seed upset, 6-3. Downing of Kansas State, 80-67. So the semifinals today, Kansas and Iowa State at 7 o'clock on ESPN and Texas and TCU 9:30 also on the mothership. Update from the ACC as yesterday uh was the quarterfinals. It was Miami over Wake Forest, Duke over Pitt, Virginia over UNC and Clemson over NC State. So today you've got Miami and Duke at 7 on ESPN and Virginia and Clemson at 9:30 on ESPN or ESPN2. Lastly out of the SEC here and we'll do the Pac-12 here as well as the quarterfinals get underway today. Uh, it's Alabama-Mississippi State at 1 p.m., Missouri-Tennessee at 3, Texas A&M and Arkansas at 7, and the game 10 of the tournament, Kentucky and Vandy at 9 p.m. Semis will be Saturday and the championship game on Sunday. And lastly, out of the Pac-12 here, semifinals today, UCLA and Oregon, Arizona and Arizona State, and their title game will be on Saturday at 10.30 p.m., those tip times tonight between the Bruins and the Ducks at 9 and Arizona, Arizona State at 11.30. That's your whip around coverage of all of the Power 5 basketball programs. Of course, many mid-majors have punched their ticket, including Oral Roberts out of the Summit League. We'll look to keep you updated on those throughout the show. Selection Sunday for the men and women coming up in just a matter of days. Make sure to get your brackets fill out. And if it's up to me, just fill out one for Christ's sake. Keep your integrity going and just have one. But I know many people out there will fill out a bunch of different brackets this year. Best of luck no matter what you decide to do. Selection Sunday around the corner this Sunday. Back with USF head men's basketball coach Chris Johnson after this on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. If it's trending in sports, stay connected and download the app for overtime on ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO. Happy Friday to everybody out there listening, whether you're in the 605 or elsewhere. I know it's been a little bit of a tough weather week this week with some concerns, but all things considered so far, don't want to jinx it, but not that bad, but still be careful out and about on the roads. Later on in the show, we'll unveil the Friday Parlay, hashtag Friday Parlay on Twitter. We'll head right back now to the ESPN hotline to recap one of our area basketball program's seasons, the USF Cougars. Narrowly missed out on a regional tournament berth this year. Recently ended their season at 19-11 and 11 overall. Joining us now is head coach Chris Johnson of USF Men's Basketball. Coach, we always appreciate the time you give us uh, season in and season out. And uh, welcome back to the show. Hope things are going well for you. They, they are, and I appreciate you guys having me on. Great to have you as always, Coach. Uh, let's start. Just go ahead and uh, talk a little bit about last season. 19-11 and 11 overall. You guys were... Part of that log jam in the NSIC South, 13-9, and nine, very busy division, very competitive division. Uh, what are a few big takeaways from the year for you and your staff? Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, it was an interesting last week, as you mentioned. You know, we were eighth in the region, top eight get in, 
we were practicing every once in a while because we weren't sure, you know, whether we'd be playing or not. And, um, you know, so it was disappointing the, the maybe the way it ended, but overall, obviously anytime you can have a piece of the, the South title and our, our second one in the last four years, like that, that, that builds momentum that those are big accomplishments, you know, win 19 games, uh, you know, uh, right now, when you ask me how the season went, I look at back at, you know, like some opportunities missed that maybe would have gotten us in. I think as I get farther away from it, um, it'll be a little easier to swallow. It was a good year. I, I do know this was one of the, the most fun groups of, of young guys I've ever been around. And uh, I'm not real young anymore. This is my 25th <laughs> season and uh, of doing this. And I can't remember a team I had more fun with you know, in game, in practice, away from the floor, on road trips uh, than this group. So that's probably what I'll take away more than anything. And I'm sure that fun will continue to translate from next year. And that just goes to show the culture you've built there, Coach, uh, at USF. Uh, I do have a, an opinion question for you. In regards to D2 hoops, is there any desire on in your part as a coach or, or you hear the players wishing there were more postseason opportunities than just the one big tournament? Yes, no, no question. I, I think the the bigger issue that I would like tackled, which I don't think will be, you know, mainly because of finances, is just the regionalization of the Division Two tournament. You know, uh, if you if you take the regional regionalization out of it, we're we're top sixty four team in the country, hands down. Yep. And there would have been a couple other teams in our league that would make that too. Um, I make the analogy when they put regions together, they put the big 10 and the big 12 together Mm -hmm. and the Northern sun and the MIAA. And when there's all in, and then on top of that, we have a third league in our, in our, in our region in the GAC. And that's actually how we lost our bid was their auto bid. uh, Didn't go to their one team that was in the top eight, man, it's hard to get into that. You know, I, yep. we've had four or five situations where if we were in a different region, like we didn't even make it in this region and we would have been in the top four in other regions. Wow. Uh, because the division two does it, but it's, it's basically a big math equation. Yeah. And it kind of, you know, strength of schedule, RPI performance indicator, stuff that's over my head, quite honestly, I've learned more about it, obviously, but <laughs> you know, that's probably more what I would like to see. But you know, the reality of it is, is you're, you're not going to spend, USF on the road for a national tournament game in California yeah, or Florida. And so I get it, but I, that's the one thing I wish changed, you know, as far as having like an NIT for the, for division two, uh, I don't know what the appetite would be for that. Um, I'd love it because, you know, we want to play games. We want to coach games. We want to keep playing all of those kinds of things, but I, I doubt that, that, uh, that will ever happen, honestly. Great answer there, Coach, and I appreciate the uh, the candid conversation with uh, things that could be changed. It kind of reminds you of the NFL when, like this year, you get the Buccaneers in, and they, I think, won eight or nine games, and you had several teams waiting in the wings that were better football teams this year, including maybe some in that putrid NFC South division. Uh, overall, uh, just as you comment on, on the season, uh, that NSIC South this year seemed pretty feisty. Of course, uh, Moorhead takes home the tournament title, uh, just to comment on the competitive nature of that conference, and it seems to get better and better every year. You know, I think you hit it on the head. It's every year the teams keep getting better and better, and the programs keep getting better and better and investing more. And you know, the first time we won the South, I think we were eighteen and four. 
<laughs> this time <laughs> we had a piece of the title at 13 and nine. So that tells you how, how competitive uh, it, it was. And, you know, we probably beat ourselves up in the South. Admittedly, I don't know that we had a team that was on the level of like Moorhead and Northern, and, you know, that group in the South. But, you know, after that group, I think the next probably seven or eight teams would come from our division. And so it was, it, it was a, an absolute grind. I think, you know, Moorhead's playing the best basketball right now. Northern won the league. Duluth, all three of those teams that made the regional will have a chance uh, to make noise because they played in such a good league all year and they've played in big games already. And so uh, I love coaching in the Northern Sun. It is so much fun, so many good players, so many good coaches. Uh, it can be maddening at times too because there's <laughs> never a night where you're like, okay, we can get right now. You know, if you're struggling – you're going to look up and you're going to get another really good basketball team. And so uh, it's definitely a a great league. Chris Johnson, head coach of USF Cougar men's basketball, our guest here on the Friday edition of Overtime, ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. Coach, let's talk shop now in regards to your roster. What are some of the big changes uh, on the roster this year and who will graduate and or move on and and maybe some new faces coming in? Yeah, you know, we – we have three seniors, uh, you know, Carson Rent uh, played sparingly, but uh, he will be moving into the workforce. Uh, Chase Grindy, who people <laughs> probably feel like was here forever because he was here for six years and played a lot during those six years is, is as I said, finally graduating uh, with his master's and he's going to be doing the same thing. And then Matt Cartwright, our other senior that's graduating. And obviously everyone around here knows how good he is. Uh, he'll probably he has options to go overseas and play if he wants to uh, I think he's kind of mulling that right now and what he wants to do with his future but you know those are the three guys uh, as of now that are moving on and and you know we have two local guys uh, in Kalen Ashley and Gavin Muirhead uh, that we signed in the, in the fall that we're really excited about uh, anytime you can get uh, local talent and obviously those two guys have won a lot of basketball games uh, we're really excited. We probably will add another two or three guys here this spring um, on the wing, especially to to try to replace Matt Cartwright, which I'm not sure you can actually do, <laughs> but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll we'll give it our best. What about a few players that are currently on the roster that didn't maybe didn't play as much as they would have liked last year? I don't think you could ever have a player that plays yep. as much as they want to, but uh, a few guys that were maybe buried on the depth chart this year that could step up for you next year. Yeah, you know, I think. Three names kind of come to mind right away. Uh, Connor Jackson, who, who did start for us at the end of the year and, and at the beginning of the year. Uh, but he's going to have to have a big year for us next year when Matt leaves. And he'll have, he'll have more opportunities offensively than he had this year. Uh, I'm excited about, about Connor. And, you know, normally takes junior college guys a year to kind of acclimate. So really excited about him. And then a couple of young guys. Kenji Scales started 20 games for us this year as a freshman. But you know, when you're a freshman in this league, <laughs> you're going to have some ups and downs. And uh, he had far more ups than downs, but expect really big things from him in the future. And then we had a, a young guy, Kyle Ingerson, who redshirted for us last year, a big-time shooter that I think will be in the mix and be in our rotation next year, along with, uh, you know, Zane Alm, who started every game, and Jack Thompson, who's been here, it feels like, as long as Chase. Uh, and those types of guys, Noah Pitts had a big year for us. So those are the ones I think, you know, right off the top of my head, we'll, we'll have a, be- a better opportunity uh, next year with, with the way our roster is. 
USF head coach, men, uh, men's basketball head coach Chris Johnson, our guest. 19-11, and 11, the overall finish, 13-9 and 9 in the NSIC South. Uh, coach, put your feet to the fire a little bit with some bold prediction questions here. I know Selection Sunday is around the corner. I don't know how much uh, D1 college basketball you're consuming these days or did throughout the season, but uh, do you have two or three teams that you think are best equipped to maybe win it all this year? Yeah, yeah, and then I watch a lot of basketball. I've got uh, Purdue and Rutgers on in the background right now. There you so, go. <laughs> um, I would uh, – I, I, Kansas, definitely, yeah. uh, in that mix. I think Purdue is in that mix, um, although their use at the guard positions really kind of makes me nervous. Yep. They start two, two freshman guards, but when you have Zach Eady, uh, and, and also my – the best man in my wedding is their SID for men's basketball. Okay. Purdue, if I don't say his them, you know, I'll yeah. get a call from him. So yeah. you could end up with a ring, you, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> uh, you know, and then I, I don't know. I mean, you know, obviously Marquette is really good because the Big East is good and they've they've played great, but I haven't seen a, a, a ton of them. Um, I think this year there's probably 15 teams that could win it. Yeah. And you don't always get that. You know, normally you kind of know, hey, there's three or four teams that's probably going to come out of this group. And this year, I don't know if there's a dominant team. There's some dominant players. Um, you know, Alabama would be in that mix, too. I mean, Brandon Miller might be the best player in the country. Uh, but they've obviously had some turmoil as well, you mm-hmm. know, and that, that, that wears on a group of, of young guys for sure. So, I mean, if you held my feet to the fire, I'd say Kansas. I mean, Bill Self just proves he can do it every year. Um, and they've found way, they have more what quad one wins than anyone else. And yeah. so that'd probably be my prediction. Kind of an odd year. I mean, as you mentioned, 15 or so teams that could win it. But the thing that stands out to me is the blue bloods are kind of missing this year. No UNC more than likely Duke is a little bit down Michigan state, a little bit down. Uh, so it's anybody's, uh, tournament. And I think the 15 number is probably a pretty good guess as far as as many teams that have the capability, uh, as for the NBA coach, who do you like right now? And could that change in the next month or so to, to bring a, uh, NBA title to their respective city? Yeah. You know, I, I, I think whoever gets out of the East between the Bucks and the Celtics, if it's them, because the Sixers are over there too, and are obviously good. Uh, that, that would be my favorite. You know, I, I think if the Bucks and Celtics play again, it'll probably go to seven. I'm not sure there's anyone in the West that is as good as those two teams. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. And, you know, I might have thrown the Suns in there just because CD is so yeah. good, but he just can't stay healthy right now. And kind of a freak injury, obviously. You, you don't often have a guy roll his ankle in warm-ups before pregame warm-ups and so, with no one around him. And so uh, those would probably be the teams. I honestly pay more attention to the NBA about – starting about right now than I do with division one, but uh, you know, I'm excited for when the playoffs get here. That's for sure. Yeah. Just about 15 games remain in the NBA season, depending on the team right now. T Wolves still hanging around right around 500 as they have throughout much of the season. Coach Chris Johnson, USF's men's basketball head coach, our guest here on overtime. Always a blast to have you coach. You're welcome on any time, but I think we'll leave you alone for a little while and, uh, and check in some portion of, uh, some middle portion of the offseason. Thanks, as always. Thanks a lot for having me, Bert. Always appreciate it. Take Chris, care. Chris Johnson, men's basketball coach at USF, our guest. More basketball talk is on the way next, including a look at the latest injury updates from across the NBA. Also, 
We've got a story to share of a big-name free agent in the NFL that's hosting his own personal workout today. Four NFL teams will tell you who that is and maybe some teams that could be interested in his services. That's next here on Overtime. You're tuned in, as always, right here on ESPN 102.3 AM 1000 KSOO. On your way. Free app now. This is ESPN 102.3 and AM 1000 KSOO, Sioux Falls Sports Leader. Bert Ramin right back with you in the studio seat. Track me down on Twitter at Bert ESPN. Hit us up via the ESPN hotline, 605-362-3776. Or shoot us an email, Bert at ESPNSiouxFalls.com. We'll get the Friday parlay Post it up here live on the show shortly. We'll also have the High Noon Showdown just about eight minutes away right here on these airwaves. couple updates from the NFL and then the NBA injury updates uh, from across the league. The Eagles have made a key re-signing on the defensive side of the football. Defensive end Brandon Graham has agreed to a one-year deal and reports are the contract is worth up to $6 million. The soon-to-be 35-year-old was the Eagles' 10th overall pick in the draft back in 2010, posted a career-high 11 sacks in 2022 while playing just 43% of the defensive snaps. So it seems as though they have him pigeonholed in a great role in that defense. And the Eagles, if you look it up, have a laundry list of impending free agents and possible cuts on the defensive side of the football, but they will have one of their longest-tenured players on the roster back. In 2023, Brandon Graham back with the Eagles as of today. Free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. still looking to garner interest on an NFL future. He will hold a workout for NFL teams on Friday. That's today in Arizona. The 30-year-old missed all of the past season because of a torn ACL that occurred in the year prior Super Bowl. He did go on a free agent tour in which he visited the Giants, Cowboys, and Bills late in the season. The Giants are among the teams expected to represent to be represented at the workout, which will be an opportunity for Beckham to show teams where he is at physically, and it's been 13 months since his injury, so he should be recovered, but there were reports of a potential setback in his recovery, and there were also reports out there late in the season that OBJ was just looking for spot duty, looking for a, a role where he could just contribute late in the season and in the postseason only. I think he'll have to change uh, gears and change that attitude a little bit to get a deal long term or even for a couple years with an NFL team because you're not going to sign somebody of his caliber and uh, and his impact to play just a few games this season and then turn him on during the NFL postseason. So there's a lot of teams out there that could land his service. I think the Vikings could make sense, although they just got rid of a aging veteran at age 32. Beckham, two years younger, quite a bit less productive over the course of his career than Adam Thielen. But I do think he could come a little bit cheaper as he missed the entirety of last year still recovering from that ACL injury. How are, how's everybody recovering in the NBA? Well, that's where we'll go next here on Overtime. The MRI for Mavs star Luka Doncic has come back clean on the left thigh and revealed no damage. And a return to the lineup will come as the discomfort allows him. Sources told ESPN yesterday Doncic will undergo treatment to alleviate the soreness, but he isn't expected to miss significant time. He reportedly began with the injury shortly after the All-Star break on February 23rd, saying he woke up the morning after the game 
with discomfort in the leg. Mavericks will take on the Grizzlies next tomorrow night in Memphis. The big news out of the NBA is that of Kevin Durant, injured in pregame warm-ups just a few nights ago, expected to miss two to three weeks because of a left ankle injury. Sources told ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski on Thursday, the team said in a release that Durant has a left ankle sprain and will be reevaluated in three weeks. He had an MRI yesterday, slipped and injured his ankle during pregame warm-ups Wednesday night, knocking him out of what was supposed to be his first home game with the Suns. Durant has played in three games with the team since being acquired from the Nets, averaging 26.7 points, 7.3 rebounds, and 3.7 assists per game. He shot 69% with Phoenix in those three wins, and they need him back in a hurry. Doesn't need to be before the end of the regular season, but for the postseason, the Suns will live and die this offseason with, or this postseason with Kevin Durant. I think they're capable of a marginally deep run without him, but they could go all the way with Kevin Durant. Make no mistake, when that team is at full power, they are among the best in the West. Lastly, D'Angelo Russell expected to make his return to the lineup tonight against the Raptors following a six-game absence because of a right ankle sprain. Lakers coach Darvin Ham said, Ham said Russell will be, quote-unquote, pretty much a full go for tonight's matchup as D'Angelo Russell, recently acquired from the Timberwolves, set to get back into the lineup tonight against the Raptors. That is the latest on several evolving injury situations in the NBA and the possible courtship of teams. And Odell Beckham Jr., the NFL never sleeps. Still no news as of yet on Aaron Rodgers or Lamar Jackson. But it will come as Wednesday begins the new league year. A lot of decisions made just prior to or just after that deadline. The High Noon Showdown is live, and it is next. Get your calls in. A fantastic prize pack is up for grabs. We'll take caller two and caller number four for this Friday's High Noon Showdown coming up in four minutes, 605-362-3776. Do you want a gift card to the Tap House 41? How about a man salon free haircut? And so much more. Caller two, caller four. We'll face off in the High Noon Showdown, 605 362 3776 next on Overtime. If you 